Yeah. <laughs> What's this software? Uh, Audacity. Audacity. You got the audacity to load up Audacity. <laughs> This is one mic, so. Okay, so what is this? <laughs> All I need is one mic. <laughs> you know, I did hit him up. Nice. Did you? Yeah. About this? Yeah, I was like, man, you're an inspiration, man. Did you just get the red or oh, scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, whatever, kid. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I got a celebrity in the building. No. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but yeah. I feel like I'm in the booth with a celebrity. <laughs> it's a couple, you know, legendary men. <laughs> At least that. Yeah, yeah. So this is Dwight. This is Syl. And you're on one mic. You don't got the COVID. I'm going to take the mask off. No, I'm good, man. He's good. I'm feeling good, too. But, yeah. you know, yeah. that's because we're legendary. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a legendary experience, man. Yes, it is. Um, I'd like to thank you for uh, stepping in here. I, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't be happier. I'm just glad to be here and love the podcast, love Dwight. That's one of the things, I actually, we got to actually work together. And the first thing that just pops in my head is how can you be so vicious on the mic? <laughs> I mean, vicious in the videos and oh. then just have this kindness and this 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 understanding <laughs> it's, it, it's a crazy balance i think they call it schizophrenia okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not exactly sure i just hone in on different personality types i yeah. think what it is i'm i'm like this is at work cell and this i'm in the booth cell and I, that's the thing too because i i was just like you know i have an alter ego and sure. and whenever that guy comes on, there is no if you call him by that name, oh. you know that's who he is. So to have Sill and then to have the the blendedness in it between the job and everything, I'm just floored by it. Well, I appreciate it. It takes a lot of balance, uh, and it took a lot of years to get there. I was a lot, you know, I'd get fired up like we were talking in our 20s and 30s, and as you get in our 40s. Uh, there's a certain sense of just knowing who you are yeah. and knowing where you are, knowing your audience. Communication's an art, and your subject determines what type of chameleon you have to be. And I'm a results-driven person, yes. so depending on what I need done and who I need to do it, that's how I have to communicate. So it, with respect to work, that's wh where you get that, where I'm very good with customers, very good with employees. But then at home, I can still be myself. So yeah. it's just a balance of, of that. But I still share the same uh, pain and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, depression, mild anxiety and things that other people have, too. It's just I uh, have a way to channel, channel it within. Hopefully it doesn't explode one day. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, man, you explode on the mic. Thanks, you know man. I mean? Yeah. Just whenever, you know, like I said, I actually got to uh, talk to you. Not not in the the concert series or or as the, as an MC or everything. I mean, because even when I used to ride around with you in the car, you know what right, I mean. Right, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had this you had this persona of of the way you carried yourself, and then like I said, when I come when I came and worked with you, just blown away by how humble you were. It's just kind of like, man, you know, you could rip these guys' heads off if you wanted to. I yeah, and, and then it, it and then was... put it on a stake. And show it as an example for all the other employees. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> Sell the impaler. No. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it, again, it took a lot of years. And, and, and a lot of times I do have to choose my battles. Yeah. Uh, there's times I do want to rip heads off. There's times I do want to just uh, freak out and stuff. It takes balance. And then there's times I just leave. Yeah. 
There's times when it, it gets so overwhelming when it's fight or flight, yeah. my adrenaline pumps flight. Yeah. It, it, I don't fight. I just get the fuck out of there. And right. I, I regroup later and I sleep on it. I don't react on emotions anymore, too. That's something I always sleep on. There's people sometimes like work related. You might want to fire them. Yeah. I sleep on that. I, I, I like I don't just react. Uh, is this the right move? And then I wake up and sometimes it's still not the right move and I make mistakes. We learn from it. But, of course. But yeah, humility, you know, being humble is something that has taken a lot of years. But I learned that from my family. You you learned a lot of your yes. mannerisms, the same things like yes. from your family. And I had uh, good people in my corner that, you know, taught me manners. And I had uh, hilarious uncles and uh, beautiful uh, grandparents. So I, I attribute all that to them. So thanks for noticing that. Yeah. It's, well, it's just such a, you know, I mean, I guess first impressions you know, last a lifetime. And, you know, I kind of mentioned it on Facebook, but I'm going to say it again. The first time that I met you, it was with Imperial. And he was like, man, you want to help this guy move? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. And he's like, man, he got some weed. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So then we go over there and, you know, we're, we're at this apartment and everything. You know, we load up. We got boxes and boxes of porn. You know, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, uh, what was it? What was the place called that you used to? Work it was uh, Paradise News and Arcade. That's it. Yeah, Paradise, because it's uh, Romantics now. Romantics, but uh, but it was Paradise. I think I think that's even like at that point. That's where I was like, man, this guy is a celebrity. You know, what well, I was like, wow. Yeah, that had to be. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, three, oh two, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I did have a lot. We were doing expos and stuff. I dealt a lot with Williams Trading, and it was Doc some, Johnson. It was some of the most filthiest stuff. I mean, it like took it to another level. Yes. And then on a separate note, not so separate, but but when we got to your house, uh, your your girl at the time had a necro tube top shirt on. Oh, there you go. And yeah. I was just like, it, this was insane. This was so insane. I was like, who is this guy? Who is he? Yeah, shout out Necro. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was just a period of time in my life where that was the the job. That was the career. I, I desensitized myself to a lot of things that when you grow up, you couldn't imagine yourself doing. But the money oh, money was right. And, <laughs> and it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, man. I think back on those times and the, the, even the reel-to-reel play in the movies for the people and then wow. going into VHS and... And and you couldn't imagine doing it now because everything's digital, but it was beautiful. And thank you for helping me move. I think I paid you guys in, <laughs> yeah. in porn and maybe weed. I don't yes. know. Shout out DJ Imperial. Yes. Uh, yes. One I, of the legends of Springfield, you know. Yes. Another another celebrity to me, man. Yes, uh, of course. I'm glad I have the presence of. So, man, I just want to jump right into it. You know, okay. You're, you're an expert in, in the triple X. Yes. So... On your Mount Rushmore. Oh, yes. Yes. We, yes, we, we have top four, man. You got to have your top four. So Lisa Ann, of course. Shout out Lisa Ann. Yes. A lot of uh, uh, just so much has been done with her career and even helping me personally. She's a, she's a, she's an amazing person. Uh, of course, I got to put Jada Stevens in there. Jada mm-hmm. Stevens is, is somebody that uh, is just super cool. Never, right. you know, got down and met her or anything like that but every time i see her it's just like wow i just love her whole aura uh I, nina hartley I, she's a legend and yeah. she started the game off she was doing things that were illegal then that now are just so common <laughs> right like it's just common stuff now and back then it was considered uh, obscenity or yeah. or some sort of obscene thing i do like like i don't know that she's a. Uh, Mount Rushmore, but there's yeah. a lot that are are very 
you know, they're up there from your Charlie Chase, Riley Reeds, and all those Riley cool. Reeds, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But to pick another Mount Rushmore, the you know, maybe a Christy Canyon old school, Ooh, yeah, either yeah. that or or Christy Mac, maybe I don't know. It's it, it's man. tough to pick a top four. It is. You know what I mean? And and how who's better? Then the other one, how were they most influential to the game? Mm-hmm. Did they just do it for you? Um, their professionalism. Their professionalism. Some things they do, you can't even put a price on. You know what I mean? Shout out Jada Fire. You, she's you, on mine. You know what I mean? Jada Fire is like, yeah. it should be. So I could keep going on. It's like picking your top four actors yeah. or top four MCs. It kind of depends on your mood, too. It does. Yeah. It really does. You're like, I, I want this kind of flavor right yeah. now and I understand that she's hanging out with all the girls in a slumber party tonight this <laughs> this scissor me timbers this is gonna be great so just depends on the mood but yeah I, I like that yeah that's uh that's kind of where I'm at with it what about you I think for me Vanessa Del Rio goes on oh there. classic yes and uh of course uh Jada Fire I've been a fan of Lisa Ann for a long time and I I hate to say this because it's so commercial but nail and paling was just <laughs> that was the lit. It was. It was. It was like it, what was that? Shawn Michaels with her at that time, or who? who who'd she star with in that one? Oh, I can't remember, man. Yeah. But she. I mean, it's just kind of like to watch a porn movie. You know, I mean, just to watch it. You the, know what I mean? It's yeah. Sometimes you you go into a parody thinking, yeah, this is gonna suck. Yeah. But that one. You, the plot was relevant to yes. what we were dealing with, and then they hit on all these taboo uh, things that, like, you could see Sarah Palin doing. Yeah, besides that, you, you know, wanted to see her do. You did want to see her do yeah. that. You know, you saw her with the guns and yeah. the rifles and the the the, the, the things she was shooting, <laughs> holding a big buck. But uh. you you wanted her to get with the big buck. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that movie touched base, and I, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a classic. For I, I think that put her in superstar. Stardom. Yeah, it really did. It launched her, you know, to shoot her, Julia, Ann, all them yes. really just catapulted from that. And she, she, she definitely capitalized on it too. I mean, oh, she yeah. took care of herself. She did all those scenes with just the gusto and the passion, and she stayed relevant. Stayed um, relevant. Vanessa Del Rio, I, I think she actually, to me, I felt like she did a lot for women's lib. I mean, she, she did. She did. What she did, she she got it when she wanted it. She got it how she wanted it. She was the one in control of those scenes. She was, and she had a career that spanned over 20 years. Yeah. The shelf life of a porn star nowadays is about three. Yes. So for somebody to be that influential, especially a woman of color during that time yes, period, exactly. it was hard for them to even get in. Yeah. You know, you would have a couple, like I said, old John Holmes taboo scenes where he'd right. have like a, a buddy come in there and be like, oh, this chick's getting out with a black dude. Yeah. But to have a black woman that successful in that industry and have a career over two decades is yeah. a true testament of not just hard work, but passion. Yes. And yeah, she's a Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Shout out Vanessa Del Rio and Olivia Del Rio. Yeah. Shout out. Oh, man. All the Del Rios out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how I came across Olivia Del Rio by just typing in Del Rio and it's like, who is this? Who wow. is this? <laughs> Bam. Yeah. yeah. Just so many of the names, you know. Yeah. And so you think back on all of them and you're like, oh, what happened to April Flowers? What happened to all these girls that yes. maybe only lasted two or three years, but they, their presence was known. 
and and they're still on the hard drive. <laughs> and then, you know, I kind of go into, you know, like you said, the Riley Reed, uh Sasha Gray oh, uh, yeah. is a is a good one. Ava Divine. Ava Divine is is good. But if I had to have a Mount Rushmore, I think it would be uh Lisa Ann, Vanessa Del Rio, Jada Fire. And uh, Cadillac Suede. Oh, <laughs> Cadillac Suede. Had to throw a dude on there. Yeah. Shout out Cadillac. Used to have the bombest mix yeah. pornos. He'd just sell them out the trunk of his car. I still owe him $100 for the last one. Nah, Shit man. was fire. You you, you definitely, you definitely uh, gave me some soundtracks to edit, man. <laughs> the good old days. Porn. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Man. So how has it been um, during this this COVID time for you? I mean, how, you know, we're both in the restaurant industry. Right. And, um, you know, when the shutdown happened, I, oh. I sent you a, you know, a text, see how you were doing. <laughs> you, you were counting down the days. I was like, damn, son, it sounds like you're doing a bid. It did, and it felt like it. So what we realized was we were going to close our doors. This was right before curbside. We didn't know if we were going to reopen. I was a little shook. I never been through a pandemic. So I, I'm seeing the news. I'm seeing the bodies being burned in Wuhan. I'm seeing them being buried in by the Hudson in New York. And I don't know if I'm vulnerable. I have sleep apnea. I, I wasn't trying to get it. I uh my blood types, uh what is it? It's what would that be? O R negative, maybe or Oh, it's a rare one. It, it's not terrible, but it doesn't react with uh COVID that much. I, I you know, knock on wood, I don't get the flu. Right. Um, so I feel like I would be okay. Well, you know, everybody's panic buying, so yeah. I'm a panic buy too. You're not gonna buy it all. <laughs> so I bought yeah. some things and prepared myself for a couple months to sit down. So I did that, you know, I you know, and I was kind of helping working remotely from work, trying to do a little damage control, scheduling for people who did want to start doing curbside, mm -hmm. revamping the website, anything I could do from home. Uh, I, I felt so, I guess, helpless because I didn't want to be around anybody. And we're doing a lot of construction there. And right. and mm -hmm. uh, really shout out Gene, guy I work for, who was a, a maniac, making sure everything was done and still really. uh he adhered to all the, the recommendations. He, you know, he was just sanitizing his hands and doing, you know, keeping clean and stuff. Cause I, you know, I was watching on cameras, you know, what people are doing at the locations and, and to see that it meant something and to keep people working. He did that. It, well, but shout out to Gene, like shout out man. Gene yeah. and, and Mike, you know, yeah. Mike, yes. they both were, were instrumental in, in business minded, local, great people. Yeah. Shout out the roost. Yes. So, Dealing with those guys, it, it made it easier, but at the same time, I felt helpless, and so I was getting this mild depression and a little bit of anxiety of what comes next, and I got to day 70, and I didn't have any human interaction. I had a couple grocery orders where they went and put it in the trunk. I'm cleaning all the stuff. When I, so I don't know. You know, you see these stories, and I'm like, I can do this. So, you know, a lot of people don't have the luxury of just doing this. So I'm like, well, I can do this. I can sit down for a while. Right. Well, I realized that that was more damaging than maybe me getting COVID. So I was like, I got to live again. And how can I train and develop people, future managers? I'm talking about opening new locations. I can't do that from afar. So I was just like, you know, you got to wear your mask. You got to stay clean. You got to do the right thing. Your mental health is health is just as important as your physical for sure you're right and it could you know it really uh your physical is determined by your mental yes so it can affect both so i was just like all right so i'm in a better place now 
And yeah, you were like, what'd you say? You're coming through or something going on? I was like, oh yeah, you're talking about these little, uh, these pads for the wall. Yes. And I was like, man, I haven't seen anybody in like 70, 80 days. <laughs> I got out with the pressure washer and I was pressure washing something. And I felt like the guy from Shawshank Redemption where he carves in the wood. And I put like day 39 in the concrete, like yeah. with the pressure washer. I was like, so I would, I, you know, the mailman, I'm like, you know, putting it up for like a couple days and I'm like cleaning it off, you know, it was, yeah. and I've gotten a little better, but like, I don't know why I got so shook because of the pandemic, but I guess it's just, you see all the propaganda and stuff like that. And I feel like we're in this place. I don't care if you're political mask, no mask, this and that. I, I'm a guy who believes in science. Right. I don't think they have an agenda. These people have been worked with different administrations, whether it's right or left, they've did this same job. So if they're saying, Hey, you ought to do this, you probably ought to do that. Right. Not trying to argue with them, but I, you know, but I get why people feel like it's their right to walk around and do what they want. This is America. But my thing is, is that if the cases were still going up while everyone wore a mask, then it was like, okay, let's, let's go ahead and find something else out. But if right. half of America is not wearing masks and the cases are still going up, then it's just kind of like, it's pretty evident. Like you said, you're a man of science. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, why don't we just put the mask on and God forbid COVID goes away. Just kind of like Trump said, it just disappears. Right. <laughs> yeah. He says a lot of things. And, oh. and I, and that's a whole different podcast, Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, <laughs> but, but think the silver lining is the, the, the operations. We're learning how to operate businesses differently. We're evolving. You're yes. Evolving. Now look, uh, get on your local Craigslist and look for an office for rent. There's a thousand of them in a small town. Nobody's doing it anymore. They're doing it at home. Nobody needs that. Right. We're learning learning how to do stuff and realizing that like these people were in big cities. I talked to an A&R rep not too long ago who travels into the city all the time mm -hmm. to handle business at a label. And he's now doing stuff from home and he's realizing he's more productive at home. They're realizing it's a waste of money for and time. Like you're spending two plus hours a day on your commute back and forth. Oh, what, what, yeah. what's, what's the point you getting on the bus every day. And yeah. so a lot of people are finding that they can actually be more productive from home. Now, there's a lot of people at home that aren't doing shit too. So right. you just got to, it's, it's an individual basis, but we're all learning from this. So where do we go from here? I don't have the answer. I really don't know. I think we're just kind of waiting this out as winter. Are we going to have a part two? Did we ever finish the part one? Is this right. just a surge? I don't know. There's a lot of questions, but I think at the end of the day, you got to just cherish every day. You wake up in your vertical, you have an opportunity to capitalize off that day. Like there's a pandemic going on. That sucks. You broke your leg. That sucks. We got to adapt to these challenges and still make it a day. Even if you're going three steps forward, two steps back, like we were talking before, you're yes. still going forward yeah. just a step. And I feel like if you're chipping away at that, you'll be at your version of success at some point. So but I feel like, you know, when you take a step back, it's because you're doing something that you haven't done before. You're not taking the same step. You know, it's not right. like we're going a straight line. Sure. You know, we're trying something different. This is something that we that, that no one has ever experienced before. And so it's just kind of like everyone who's taking a step back, 
now I feel like is the time to try things that you've never tried before and just blame it on COVID. You know, it's just like, man, fuck it, that 2020, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, that was COVID. I didn't mean to rob the bank, but I was like, COVID over there, you know. You're right. You're not going to try to make the same mistake twice. Um, As much as like you have a kid growing up and you can say, hey, don't be like me. I did this and maybe you could do it better. They've got to make their own mistake. And I feel like during COVID, and you're making these mistakes, <laughs> don't do it again. Learn from it. This yeah. is your opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. But I'm, I hope we trudge through and next year is better than 2020. Yeah. Uh, how's your kids doing, by the way? Kids are doing great. Uh, got a daughter at Missouri State. She's in the fashion design program, uh, trying to go out to California as much as she can. Uh, she does. She's really brilliant and old soul. Yeah. Um, my son's in the Navy. He's a uh, he goes to japan for four years in uh january he has to go to san diego to do uh some sort of tomahawk training and he just got a house too right he did here in town and he's got a guy renting it from uh, from him so he's doing that and uh he yeah he, he he really came a long way when he got out of high school he took a year off and he'll tell you that where he's sorting through it didn't know what to do and i think that's a great idea yeah Yeah. and and at first you're like what you're gonna kill the momentum but what he was doing he was like playing some video games but working out and he didn't really know what he wanted to do and then one day he's like dad i want to join the navy and i'm you know i'm a dad so i'm like are you you sure that's what you want to do so he breaks out all these statistics he breaks out what he wants to do in there how he has to test to get there and he and he does it he owns it he lost a bunch of weight and he's feeling good i went to visit him after his uh, graduation of boot camp up there in Great Lakes and got to hang out with Drew Harris, the photo god. Yes. He, we went around uh, getting, you know, a lot of uh, Asian food. It was my favorite, Kung Pao and stuff. So, Ooh, yeah, so, yeah. So I've always been on the search for the greatest Kung Pao. Um, the Dumpling Diner in Boston is still the best to me. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, they're doing they're doing excellent, man. Like, how Do is you, your daughter doing? Oh, oh my, not not to cut you off. Oh but. no 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 no, because I can go on about my daughter, man. She's uh, she was actually on my podcast too. My daughter is, I mean, you know, I, I hate the term mini me. I, uh, I really uh, do. Uh, that girl is just man. Sometimes when I see her speak, when I see her, when I see her rationalize, uh, when I see her 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 creative flow and how how brave and daring she is. I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, and it's hard for me not to to control her life because I see where I went and it's just kind of like I see her behaviors and her mannerisms just like mine and they're not good or bad. They just they're just misdirected. Sure. So, you know, once I get in there and I try to tell her, you know, then it's just like it's so easy for me to just start taking over. And then I got to back off because she'll tell me, you know, she'll push me away and she'll shut down. She has so much potential, and right now she's uh, going doing this beauty school thing. And oh, dope, man! To, <laughs> you know, I even went in there to to support her, man. She gave me a, she gave me a, a, you know, she scrubbed my feet and you know gave me a wax on my on my feet and our paraffin on my feet and everything. She didn't give me a wax. I ain't trying to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know just just when you see your kids doing honing their craft, man. I mean, yes. it's, it's it's awesome and I don't know. I mean, you know, I would like to take credit for it and I would like to pat myself on the back. Um but all I did was push her. 
you know. They need that push. Yeah. It, it does take a village, though, you're right. Yeah. So it is hard to take credit when you know it's the teachers, the friends, yeah. the other people in the family, too. But you were definitely instrumental in those decisions, <laughs> especially for being a mini-me. Yeah. I feel like that's when you know that they identify more with you than anybody else. My daughter, she's got a boyfriend now that uh, I guess he produces beats and other things. And, <laughs> and you, you know, and, and that's good. And and and, and she's, she's madly in love with this. Guy. I'm just sorry. I just he, he, when, you, when you said you produce his beats, I just like man. I just see you getting in there, just being like, man, that's whack, man. No, you know, you yeah. saw, you know just just like no, I mean, like the Sil Seven comes out, just like I'm sorry, but that's what I see. Well, yeah, I, you know, very critical of uh, fellow producers. Yeah. Uh, no, she's like telling me the software he's using and all this. I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, I'm being supportive, but I got to you know, I know deep down that some of the, you know, she grew up watching me do stuff with music so when she found a dude that treated her right made her laugh and do all the cool stuff that dads do yeah she identified that hey this guy is musically inclined too but maybe he's got his own style his own right. flair his own flavor and that i don't know again it's a testament to to being a parent and i'm, I'm sure like when your daughter I don't know if she's got a boyfriend or not. He better look. He better look out. <laughs> but he, he's going to have yeah. some similar qualities as you. I can right. almost guarantee it. You yeah. know, that's the way that goes. But yeah. Yeah. Well, he better be able to cook because I mean, <laughs> she loves to eat, man. Yeah. And, and uh, there, there's nobody that cooks like that. I can tell no, you right nobody's now. cooking better than you. I can tell you that. I've worked with you, so I, I know. I remember back in the day. I, I this might even been before we met, mm -hmm. uh, but I was rolling with DJ Imperial and Vinyl. Shout out Vinyl Richie. I talked Vinyl Richie. I talked to Vinyl today. Oh, I missed that dude. Yeah, he's I miss uh, so much. He's back gigging and, and working in Kansas City. Good. He's he said he's gonna send me some beats this week. He's been working on, he's like, he's got some uh distro deal with something. So he's like, Man, we need to make an EP and do it. I was like, How do we how do we do it? He's oh, like, he's like, he's like, yeah. I'm gonna send you a beat this week. So I got the lab set what up. What were you guys? What were you guys? The raw occasions. Yes, that's it. The that's raw occasions. So there, there might be a raw occasions EP finally coming after. I don't know. I'm not gonna put the cart before the horse, <laughs> but it does sound good in theory. Put it out in the universe, though. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd yeah. love to. I did some writing during COVID. Anyway, to get back yeah. to the story, you had a place over by Dylan's. Remember the apartment over there? Yes. And you had a barbecue. Yes. And I came by too late or something, but Vine was like, yo, <laughs> I got you a pineapple burger. <laughs> and I remember you were hooking up pineapple burgers that day. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, it was a... That was such a dope time, man. Um, that, that really stinks that you didn't make it there, man, because uh, just the whole setup that was that was there, it just... it. It really happened organically. I can't. I can't tell you how I got the food because I know that'll come back and haunt me. But man, we just had <laughs> such. We had such a great time, and then I got drunk, and I was trying to. I was trying to spin, and man, DJing is so much harder than than I realized. Uh, that's when. Um, as a matter of fact, that's when uh, Vinyl Richie came out with his his mixtape. Which one? Oh, his first one. Mixtape monthly, yes, or ghetto dope, or no, it was mixtape monthly, monthly, yes. And I mean, I, I played that CD, and I even showed it to him, like when he was up in Kansas City. I was like, man, I still bump this. It it actually broke. 
If it didn't break, I would still be bumping it, man. You were on there, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I you was. You was on there, and you was, oh, my God, you was spitting some fire. You was spitting in, uh, 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 like, Hebrew or something. Arabic. Arabic, that's yeah. it. Yeah, no. Oh, my God. That yeah. was a heater of a, a CD. And yeah. everything he made was it was he? I remember they made a We Need MCs, him and Imperial, the Ism Brothers. The Shout Ism, out, yes, that yes. radio show was fire because <laughs> they would play stuff that, like, they carried the torch from the original Imperial radio station on KSMU. Yeah, that was the only place that in the early 2000s, late 90s, you could get current hip hop without having like a real player online or some crazy shit. He was getting records service to him. By dope labels like ABB, and you know he's playing like underground, underground. So yeah. when I first moved to Springfield, you know I kind of came across it, but I didn't know really when it was playing. Right. And then I met Vinyl and and CEO and those guys. Shout out CEO, CEO, yeah, yeah like my brother. He yeah. he uh he <laughs> those guys. Two thousand one. It was right after the Twin Towers went down. I met them at the Burgundy Room, and Vinyl was working on a project then with Jay Vicoli and some other people oh dang yeah. you are spending some neck. <laughs> yeah jay vicoli yeah. i mean he had some he, yeah. he had some heat uh yep. but yeah his mix cds were so underrated vinyl had some clutch ones but let's not forget the master of all mix cds you got djp and, oh. and and every time p dropped one it was like this dude was using like a Roland VS eight eighty or something. Yes. I don't know exactly what his multi track the unit was, but I, I believe him and Larry were using the VS eight eighties and those were such a con- I had the eight forty and it only had the hundred meg disc. They had the two fifty meg disc and I barely knew how to record my raps and overdubs over a beat. Yeah. They were getting so intricate in how they were doing their punch-ins and these mixtapes, like I would hear them. Yeah. And this is before people were recording with Pro Tools on a computer. Right. This right. is like analog stuff. Yeah. And I was just blown away at like pretty much their recording IQ. And so it just took it to a new, new level. And Vinyl will tell you that those guys were huge influences on him. Yeah, they're so oh, passionate oh. about their. I mean, so I, I gladly passionate. carried their crates. Gladly. Yes, <laughs> I would. I would still carry their crates because they were hugely influential. Yeah. Um. And and Larry, just a true testament of hip hop guy, would play you know hip hop night for I, I couldn't tell you how many years, decades oh. at the High Life. And I know that probably wasn't a big money maker for him, but he did it for the love, for and, the love. and passing it along. And and those dudes really shout out, you yeah. know, Larry and Danny, like yeah. just a lot of talent here in Springfield that not always overlooked, but it just it, it surprised me that it didn't blow up a little harder. I mean, I guess you know Danny blew up. Yeah, you know, he did. Yeah. His, there's no fronting on that. Right. But it just felt like maybe the industry became saturated when everybody could record in their own basements. Yeah. Then you had a thousand MC. I remember going to Sam Goody or Music Land or whatever it was as a kid. You go to the rap section. There was. 40 records to pick from or, oh, yeah. or CDs or whatever. Will Smith. Ta- yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you had your NWAs and public enemies, but yeah. now you got MC, this name, little oh. so-and-so and they, and the basements were getting flooded. So, so who is your top MC? Ooh, well, my favorite MC of all time is Big Daddy Kane. Ooh, uh, yeah. It's man. hard. And BDK really spoke Ooh. to me a certain way, but rock Kim. So yeah. I saw that they might be battling, doing yes. one of those verses or whatever. Yes. And and I'm be real. I know people are going to hate me for this. 
and stuff, but I don't know that they got 20. They got some bangers. Yes. They might have 12 or 14, but yeah. do they have 20? You, I'm not hating on Rob. Right. No. I'm not hating on BDK. No. Give me 20, though. You tell me 20 BDKs. But BDK to me, like, growing up, that's that was the dude. Because like, that's the thing. Because even I, – I mean, okay, if he can give you 10, I mean, I'm telling you that – that each one is worth three. That's well. That's, there's an argument there. Yeah. Why does this have to be a twenty battle? Right, Let's right. just do a quick one. Um, because yeah. I would like to know. But those guys and and the multi-syllabicness of uh, yes. Rakim was uh, it was something that that you you never heard those patterns. Right. And so those guys to me, you know, were the slickest on the mic. And All of them during that time. You had your you had BDK Coogee Rap and uh, Rakim that did the rhymes within the rhymes. Yes. I mean that, and then the metaphors. Oh, oh I mean, it was just out of control. Who influenced people who got a little more slick and articulate, mm-hmm. like your your Chino XLs yes. and, and people like that that you could, then had punchlines and they yes. would do similes and, and and stuff like that instead of just comparisons. And and I thought it was evolving, right. and then the machine found something that was marketable. So their blueprint was actually dumbed down. Oh yeah, and it was like. This is an easier way to do this. Yes, we can build this Victorian home that took two years. Right. Or here's your Sears and Roebuck. We drop it off and you assemble it yourself. Yes. And the, the people spoke and they were like, this is easier. Mm-hmm. This beat is melodic while I'm getting hammered. This guy's, <laughs> right. this guy's yes. not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm just nodding to the beat. So it, it really cultivated a whole wave of dummies. And I'm not trying to get into this. I'm an old head versus young right. head because there's dope new music. There you, is. You got to sift through it. You got your Kendricks, your J. Coles, and people that are really saying something. But there's an argument. Migos is the, the <laughs> is the newer Das Effects. There, Ser- oh, like yeah. like Ooh, seriously, like, you know point. what I mean. So Damn what me. what was Das Effects really saying? Yeah. You know, they were bump skitty bump skitty, and like they were just on some. But we loved them because they were what they were wearing. There was this East Coast vibe and stuff like oh, that. My God. But Migos, they have they have this certain way about them that wow. you know I secret like you know I, I'll bump Roddy Rich now. If people <laughs> people get mad at me. Oh, you yeah. listen to Rod Wave, Roddy Roddy Rich, Roddy right. Rich from Compton. He's got something to say. I mean, I I like Roddy Rich, right, right. but he's not lyrical by any stretch. So yeah, get yeah. back. Who's my favorite? Greatest of all time? BDK or Rock Him? Wow. Yes. What about you? Uh, Nas changed my life. Yes. I know a lot of people, they hang on. Well, he just came out with Illmatic. His presence and his flow, when he was on Mob Deep's, uh, when he was on with, with Noriega, I mean, any verse that he spit, you know, it just, his his rhyme and his voice and his presence were just, I mean, that is a guy where I could sit down and listen to him talk, you know, and I mean, talk about anything, talk about family, talk about business. I love Nas, man. He, yeah. he is like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Plus, for him to admit his favorite rapper, Scarface, yes. Brad Jordan, who's yes. such a great storyteller of the South, too. Oh. Nas, you know what did it for me was that it was written, yeah. you know, because before it was written, the line, I thought Jordan's in a gold chain was living it up. You, you, you then when that album dropped, yeah. you, you were like, this is because that's all it mattered. You had some nice Jordans, maybe some sweatpants, a white T-shirt, and a gold chain. Yep. You'd, you'd wear different flavor of sweatpants or a different pair of shorts. You didn't have Gucci on or any of these designer clothes. I've or, never been to Queens, mm, but I felt like he took me there. He took us there, man. Yeah. Nas, shout out Nas. And yeah. Like you said, Cool G Rap, highly influential on Nas. Man. So he, he was just, you know what, at that age, 
Cool G rap was too hard for me, and I can really admit that. It's like I loved him, but if I met him, I'd be scared. Yes, I'd still be scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd be like, come, come, come ride with me. I'd be like, man. I mean, I'd get in because I was scared. And then yes. I'd be scared the whole time. Wouldn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I'd just get in. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good And the stuff. lisp? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he worked that lisp. Yeah. E-40, very influential. And a lot of people... Compare me to like the poor man's E40, like they like E40 light, want to be E40, dude. And, and, and that was never like what I went for because no. I felt like I was more influenced by lyrics that came out of the East yeah. and stuff like that. But also was a big fan of, you know, of Common and original, right. like his early stuff with Relativity. You know who you remind me of really is a combination of R.A. the Rugged Man and LP. They're both very big influences and they're yeah. they're amazing musically. <laughs> you know, I tell you a story of met Ari the Rugged Man real quick. I yeah, yeah I was uh, in uh, Kansas City and I was at the Riot Room and I went up there to see Ari the Rugged Man. I have a little record pouch and I got just an embarrassing amount of stuff that I want him to sign. Right. And I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. You know, I go up there. I'm with like CEO. I see, I see all kinds of people over Jimmy rest in peace. Backwoods was up there. Uh, Vic was there. Uh, Talk about the concert when, uh, when he came out. Oh, Vic was there. Oh, okay. So we're going to get to that. That was pretty fun. So right before the concert, I see Tech Nine. I'm like, man, I'm gonna go get a flick with Tech Nine and talk to him and Dope. start building on him because because it's been a while since I, I I saw Tech Nine and that's a whole different story how that right. manifests. Well, anyway, buddy was like, hey, you want to go downstairs and talk to talk to our, the rugged man? I was like, yeah. So I go down there and he's kind of apprehensive and I he prides himself on not drinking, but I see a beer in front of him and I, I was like, hey man, I was wondering if you could sign a couple records and he starts looking at him. He's like. You're a fucking lunatic. How many of these <laughs> records you have? He goes, he's talking to his boy. He's like, this is worse than that guy up in Madison, Wisconsin with all the tapes. He had the fucking tapes. And he's pulling them out. And he's like, oh, this this record here, like, uh, look, I didn't like how the cover was. And I got a flick with him. And then I stood up. And I, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, what do you mean? He goes, sit down here with me. Let's do some picks. So he starts putting his arm around. We were doing all these flicks. And the coolest guy, he's talking about the ticket sales. Why are they whack? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah. we go upstairs. Ari the Rugged Man gets on stage. He's like, this is the weakest fucking intro this city ever gives me. You guys suck. <laughs> My man Vic's in the front row looking at Ari the Rugged Man. Ari the Rugged Man grabs his face like a mini basketball and throws him to the ground. He threw him to the ground like it was just a little hot link, and he didn't want it. And Vic goes flying on the ground. And I was like, oh, man, there went Vic. And then the whole show was just like everybody bumping into each other and stuff like that. Wow. But then somehow Ari got his coat stolen at the end of the show. And yes. Yeah. So that's a whole other story. But, yes. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I love the comparisons. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, hilarious, man. <laughs> LP, shout out. Run the jewels. Oh, yeah. I've seen those guys twice, man. Did you? Yeah. I loved every minute of it, too. God, I yeah. wish I could have. Yeah. they Great they, time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to know, man, you went vegan. I did go vegan there for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I went there for several. It's kind of like when I quit drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, you needed a new challenge. Uh, yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? It was like, yes. I mastered this. Yeah. This was nothing. Like, I thought this was going to be worse than it was. Right. I actually didn't want to drink. Right. And so then I was like, you know, I'm going to cut some meat out of my life. 
Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So started really taking a deep dive into recipes, going places local, uh, go to Cafe Cusco, get a puca picante, and I would just take all these dishes and implement them at home. I was like, oh, I love this beet sauce. I'd do this. But I need protein. What I can't just eat hemp hearts and almonds and tofu right. and all this stuff like that. But it was fine. I was doing it. I was getting some bruising. I'm not not like, hey, I'm bruising just randomly. Right. But like, let's say I bumped into a chair. Mm-hmm. I would like bruise, and it was, it was like my tissue wasn't rebuilding quick enough. Right. And this was maybe it was like the cold winter um, of last year, and I got <laughs> it got to be about New Year's Eve, and I like I did that. It was about a year. And I was like, what am I going to give up? So it got into the new year and I decided to implement meat back in my life. I right. said, I'm actually going to get something out of this. Yeah. And I started eating meat like I never fucking stopped. And that was one of my biggest regrets. If you could ever go vegan for a week or two, mm-hmm. do it. But I think I was right around the nine month mark total right. and I never felt better. And I just wanted to touch base on that. If you can live a life of science, we talk about what they recommend wearing the mask and stuff like that. Right. They also recommend don't drink six Coca-Colas a day. Right. They also recommend <laughs> a lot of things that aren't specific to COVID. Right. But if you know and understand your body yes. and you take a simple health alliance class, what is it, BCS 135, mm-hmm. it's a it's a science elective. It's like first year of college type shit. If you take that, you realize that we are designed to not eat meat. We are plant eating people. Like th- that's what humans are. We're not wow. supposed to be eating this stuff. We're yeah. supposed to be eating this stuff. And you feel so much better. You have so much more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I'd go crush 30,000 steps as a joke. Like I would just, I'd Man. trounce around. I would get on my bike. And I would uh, from downtown because I'm like Center City, and yeah. I would ride it to go to the farmers market at the mall, and I'd put my shit in my basket in my backpack and ride home, and it'd be a 16 mile round trip, which isn't terrible. But I, I think about it now, I'm like, oh no, right? I'm, right. I'm not doing yeah. that. But at the time, it was like, man, I almost need another challenge. So if I could ever inspire, or give somebody some advice, if you master some sort of addiction in your life and you need a new challenge, go vegan for two weeks. And see if you like it. Because the thing of it is, if you think about how hard it is for your body to break down meat. Yes. I mean, that takes a lot of energy. So you were talking about being run down and everything. Run down. Yeah, just just the digestive tract alone with with that stuff. Now, also with, um, with plant-based, you're going to eat a lot more often too, right? Yes. You're eating more frequent. You can plan it or have snacks and stuff constantly. I would get the raw almonds. I would get the bag at Mama Jean's. You just fill it up. Yeah. And it'd be like $12 worth for a week. Yeah. That's not that much. Yeah. So I'm eating them like candy throughout the day. I'm like, ah, you know, pop some almonds and stuff like that. But yes, you're constantly grazing and snacking. Good stuff. You feel a lot better. I, I want to get back on that train again. What was I? Oh, I was in a, a SATOP class once and it was like a question of the day. And they were like, would you rather be paralyzed from the neck down and have $50 billion or be completely straight, like your body's healthy and everything and have $10,000? 
And that was the question that like went around and I, you know, it took me a while to kind of grab onto <laughs> it because everybody's like, man, I'll take the 10 grand because I'll be straight and stuff. Yeah. And I, I started thinking, I was like, nah, <laughs> I take, I take the 50 billion. <laughs> and, and the reason why is because I could help so many people. Wow. My mere life would yeah. mean nothing. Yes, it right. sucks. I don't I can't do anything. But right. imagine the organizations I could start. Yeah. Imagine the charities I could help. Imagine wow. so you would actually live a more fulfilled life. I felt with that type of money, it wouldn't be about me right. at that, you know, I'd have a dope wheelchair, yeah. like the best, probably have like a $2 million wheelchair. I have a Lambo wheelchair, <laughs> a Lambo. but I, yeah. but I, I felt like that right yeah. now no. <laughs> uh, to live like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day, huh? I'm oh, gonna, for sure. I might have to sell a lot more oh, cheeseburgers. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm looking to change the world, starting with this podcast and starting with you in here. Yes. I think that it's going nowhere but up. It has to. I mean, this yeah. is an amazing movement. You've had nothing but awesome guests. Yeah. And Springfield needs something like this. We need to get more people in the booth that are artistic-minded. The people we mentioned earlier in this podcast I know you'd love to see them over here. They would be a great addition to the local chefs and stuff yes. like that. So Springfield, look out for this. You know, Dwight's a legend in this town. And this podcast, like I'm in the booth right now. It's, <laughs> like it's, it's pro to me. You know what I mean? I know he's his worst critic, but like it's got, it's got the walls, man. He's got all this padding. This is uh, and the Miami Vice. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just that just just the whole attitude of of everything. This is my this is my silver lining through the COVID, man. I had I had nothing but time and I'd given up porn at that time and it was just kind of like, you know, it's amazing how creative your imagination can be without distractions, without, you know, anybody else's influence. I know a lot of people had struggled during this COVID time. You know, a lot of people, you know, on the yeah. AA and you know, in, in other, you know, meetings and stuff. And a lot of people were left to their own demons. And you got to you gotta have an outlet, you know, you got to have some kind of creativity. And this is basically my addiction going in a positive manner. I think you channeled that, right? Yeah. You know, you really did. You took a bad and you turned this into like three goods. You know, I mean, just walking through your house, I'm so proud of you, you know, and, and stuff. And I know that the struggle was real. We all played the nightlife. We all yes. had a lot of fun. Yes. And and eventually the sirens come and you're like, Let, <laughs> let's turn this around. Yes. And you did turn it around. And, and again, I'm just, I'm delighted to be here. And it's always great catching up with you. But, you know, we, we kick it outside the podcast. You already know. I, I mean, yes. we had a pre-podcast, guys. <laughs> I sat there on the chair and we talked about some deep stuff already. It should have been on the podcast. No, it should <laughs> Maybe no, it should no. no, it shouldn't have been no. on the podcast. Maybe later. I think there was some, I'm going to take that to my grave and i was like yeah yeah and then like then i you know i've got some things i gotta take there too yeah. the grave's already full the grave's already <laughs> yeah we're gonna be you know, don't put the gold watch in the casket my grave is full because yeah. i took all that shit to my grave i'll take it all i'll take it all this shit to my grave oh man we're gonna need uh probably about eight to ten pallbearers yeah <laughs> you got yeah we need a pallet jack <laughs> We can just wheel them down here with a. You can drive a forklift. <laughs> yeah, taking some things. 
So yeah, man. In closing, like yeah. I mean, this is this is just a wonderful movement. Um, have you have you talked to DJ Imperial much about maybe getting him in the booth? I think he, I he had, he's hilarious. He's like yes. one of the funniest in Springfield. You know, actually, uh, I, I'm going to build up to that. I think he's waiting, and you know, you don't go out, you know, and just as soon as you learn how to, you know, throw a punch, you go fight Mike Tyson. No, that yeah, it's going to uh, take a little bit. He's yeah, he's did thousands of radio shows, yeah. and and I don't think any of us would be where we're at. Musically, like some of the f- first beats I bought in Springfield were from Imperial. Yeah. The song I Find the Comedy and Tragedy, Drama and Every Day, mm. was produced by him. He did the cuts. He sampled uh, Red Man. He sampled somebody doing syllable and then Red Man s- s- seven and <laughs> and he killed it. And yeah. like it, it, I remember just going to sleep, listening to that beat and I would just be like, man, I need to get another Imperial beat. Yeah. No, no, no. I need to get another vinyl beat. And then when those guys came together, it you know, I'd love to see vinyl and Imperial make another project together. I don't see why not. I don't either. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe logistics might be a challenge, but this day and age, we can do everything online. Exactly. So I would love to see a, almost a Springfield hip hop reunion, like maybe a, a picnic in the park. I know we got to wait for the COVID dust to settle. Right. But we can't meet at the juke joint. We can't meet at the juke <laughs> joint anymore. No, but we could go down to Coffee Ethic with our old asses. Yeah. You know, or like we were saying on the phone, get some kombucha or kombucha yeah. or whatever the yeah. shit that is. Get the kumbayasha. Yeah, yeah. It's got to go down before 8 o'clock. It's got, yeah. Yeah, no, because I'm showered up. Yeah. I'm laying around. And they say Netflix and chill. We get caught up in the moment how things could be so much better and forget about how thankful we can be. I mean, uh, I think our lives are pretty, pretty good. I, I think mean, they're awesome, uh, and I'm uh, thankful that you're here. So I'm thankful you had me. I love you, my brother. Yeah. I know that. What were we ticking on down? Yeah, yeah, we're almost at our hour, and it went by quick, man. It goes by quick when you got a lot to say, <laughs> a lot to catch up on. Um, and yeah, so it like, helps that you're comfortable in the booth anyway, too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable in here. Yeah. I'm comfortable. I'm I'm trying to think of anybody else we missed out on as far Ooh. as the shout outs and and the early hip hop. I mean, you got to you know Chris Wallace, yeah, Pit Felony, Scotty, all those guys were again instrumental in bringing hip hop downtown. Yes. Uh, the the shows that they booked and Jimmy and you know it's just unreal amount of people have come and left the amount of people who have kids and they wouldn't come out. <laughs> like if we threw a hip hop night, yes. all the old schools come out, yes. nobody's coming out. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. coming out. Yeah. You get more on a virtual. Yeah. Brief, man, how did I forget about Brief? Real Rhymers. Oh, yeah. Les, Vic. Yeah. Otis Ghost had yeah. a new single, Banger. Yes. Has this girl singing on the hook who is super promising. Yes. Super promising. I can't wait to hear more of his. He said it's been five years since his last video. I, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. You know, but right. times he's been working his ass off. He moved out to, I think, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Things going good out there. I talk to him every now and then. Dope. Yeah, man. He's just gigging. Everybody's gigging. <laughs> You're gigging. You got a yes. new gig coming up. So yes. I think on the next podcast, you talk about that. Oh, man. Ooh, because that might even lead into politics. Who knows? It could lead into politics. If <laughs> we'll it gets too political, Sill's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, peoples. Sill 7. Yes. White Marshall, one mic. Peace. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> no.